Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. check these mics, Roger. Do we need to check these mics for sound, or is that going to be okay? Uh, we're looking good. Okay, we all right. We have activity. You know, I do feel morning. bad that I don't help you out on the technical side of things, so I decided I wanted to start being more of a help to you. So the other day, you know, a few weeks ago, when you had those knobs turned down that you realized you were supposed to have turned up, yes. and are those, I just want to check here, are those turned up like they're supposed we're, we're to be? Good. As long as we're getting activity right there on that screen, that'll okay. be fine. Okay, okay, right. Those bars are moving, we're good. Okay, well, good. I, I feel better now that I'm... Yeah, providing some help, help to to on this though. Assistance. I am feeling pretty good about myself today though because this morning I don't mean to brag or anything, but I fixed. But you're going to brag, I, aren't you? You're ready to brag, aren't you, Jeff? Okay. I fixed a dripping faucet this morning on your own. Yeah. Well, yes, on my own. It turned out to be. Uh, you say you fixed it. You, you didn't just hire the plumber to come. No, over. no, no, no. You no, actually no, did no. the work. Our okay. kitchen faucet's been. You, know, you have to hold the handle the you right way, or kind of who there, and so and it's gotten worse in the last few days. Okay, Saturday I'm going to get this thing fixed, so I take it apart. You know, I'm very careful when I take it apart how I lay them out, so I can put them back in the reverse order. Yeah, that is important. And so I did that, and I did one stupid thing. I I so I took a picture of everything so I can show the person that you know I go to Lowe's typically is where we go. Show the person at Lowe's. Okay, this is what I've got. And so I take a picture of everything, and there's this one main cartridge in it that looks different than the other ones I've replaced before. And so I go to Lowe's, you know, push the button, and they say, oh, you know, assistance is needed in the plumbing area. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that's me. Someone showed up pretty quick. Some guy showed him what I had or the picture of it, and he said, I've, I've never seen one of those before. And we couldn't find it. And, he, and then it dawned on me, why didn't I bring the part in? You know, yeah. why did you bring the part I just in? I brought a picture of the part. The part just sitting there on the counter. I yeah. just as easily just stuck in my pocket part, and brought yeah. it in. Yeah. But I didn't do that. So we said, well, there may be some seats and washers inside of that. So I, and I probably had some of those, but I bought those anyway. Those don't cost hardly anything. So then I went to Home Depot, and, and the guy, well, okay, here's the part. He said, we, we oh, and the computer set, you know, we got two of these in the store, and I couldn't find any. He couldn't find Well, it turned out the computer was wrong. They didn't have them. But he said that you can probably take it apart right there and replace the seats and all this. So got home, replaced it, or opened it up. There were no seats or washers in that thing, but there was some kind of crud that kind of built up. I cleaned it off. I was able to get it back together, wow. put it back on. Problem fixed. You just so, saved yourself hundreds of dollars. And I could have saved myself more time. I went to both Lowe's and Home Depot trying yeah. to get this thing sorted out. Right, so well, Since we're talking plumbing, I wasn't prepared for this, but I do have a plumbing but, story recently here. First of all, let me just say this. If I fix anything in my house, it doesn't matter if it's a faucet, a doorknob, I take the rest of the day off. If I fix anything, <laughs> it's like I feel like such an accomplishment. As a man, I was like, okay, that's, that's it for the day. For yeah, me. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking now if this whole financial services thing doesn't work out. Of course, I've been doing Jeffrey's it 25 plumbing, years, so I, you know, but, <laughs> but it would be a niche plumbing. It would just be for dripping dripping faucets only. I don't want to get into the, what about the corroded real, the, dripping there. faucet. Uh, no, 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 because it's corroded. No, just 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 dripping. Call. So okay. Well, anyway, what do you got? Well, here's that. We had a toilet that began to realize this thing is is leaking through the. You know, through the basin. That's right. You told me the first part of this, but I never heard how it wound up the other day. You know, and it's an expensive toilet, and so it didn't have the normal (laughs) little flipper thing, little rubber flipper. I don't know the technical lingo on this stuff, you know. But you didn't have the part you normally go to buy, a little rubber flippy thing. But that's what was leaking. I pushed down on it. It didn't leak. So it was leaking down in through the, you know, cylinder. So I I try to go to Lozer. I can't find anything near the thing. Well, I think it's the closest get back. doesn't fit. Well, how come they didn't have so? I went to Home Depot. I bought something else there. 
uh, didn't fit. So, what, how come? so I go back to Lowe's and I'll talk to the man. I said, this is what I got. I'll show a picture of it. Now, I got the toilet at Lowe's. And he goes, oh, yeah, we don't sell the parts for that. That's a three-inch cylinder toilet. So, so you sell the toilets, but if it, goes, if it breaks, you don't sell the replacement parts. <laughs> nope, you got to get those somewhere else. So literally had to go to Amazon or you know get online Amazon, order the part. Part came in, and I fix it on my own first time. Boom, no problem. But I was just amazed that you know they sell a part or something. Well, we could go into business together. There, there you go. Fields, Fields Brothers, Brothers Plumbing. plumbing. <laughs> if this podcast thing didn't work out, there we go. We can just do uh, plumbing repair. So anyway, the, you know, I heard the phrase. This, this kind of how you like this transition. I heard the phrase the other the other day DIY religion. So yourself, this is kind yeah. of a smooth transition. Yeah, you know, we're talking about go. DIY stuff around the yeah. house. Yeah. There's such a thing as DIY religion. So what do you think when you think of the term DIY religion? Well, I think either somebody has invented their own God or their own, uh, you know, principles, or they're just working hard. Uh, yeah. Try to please God. I think it's. I think it's more the last one. Uh, yeah. I don't have a lot more on this subject. This, but I, I had written that so down. Exhausted this, this there, topic so. already. <laughs> but the idea, I thought that was a good way of. Everyone's familiar with do-it-yourself uh, yeah. DIY. Yeah. I'm not yeah. in general. You know, I, I tend to be the one to kind of pay somebody else to do it rather than figure it out myself. But a few little things I can <laughs> okay. do. Okay, in but, general, <laughs> you would just face with normal so, stuff. You like car maintenance. You normally so, do that on your own, but. Generally speaking, well, very little things. Okay, so, right. but but yeah. I, anyway, so do you do, mow your do, own yard? Do, yard? Do, you mow your yard? Uh, do you mow your yard? I, I used to. You, used, you don't even <laughs> mow your own lawn. No, I am. Um, we well, one of my sons, as you know, has a lawn care business, and so I hire him. It's, it's okay. supporting the family business there. Okay. So. okay. The bottom line here: this is the first contribution <laughs> you have personally made to your home in probably years. No, I've, 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 I've fixed some other faucets. I have replaced. More than one ceiling fan. I can replace a ceiling, ceiling fan. fan. Okay. Probably the pinnacle of what I've done is I replaced a garbage disposal or installed and then replaced a garbage disposal that's later impressive. on. So I don't know if I can that's, do that. a, that's pretty good. So I did that. I did buy something that I, I thought I was going to get to use it this morning. See, my last you know youngest child moved out recently. So I no longer have free labor around the house like yeah. I did before. I bought an electric snowblower. I don't know if I told you that or not. Tell me you're going to. I didn't so it was electric. I wanted to. We don't, I don't need a big one. I've got a long cord. Okay. Yeah, I've got a long. What could go I've, wrong I've, with I've that? Got, I've, got, I've got the big long extension cord that's designed for you know outdoor use and all that. Those orange kind that are 50 right. feet long or whatever. And um, I wanted to be able to keep this thing inside. So okay, electric. They don't weigh very much. I can haul it up and down. The steps stored in the basement. So that was my idea. And it's not like I'm, you know, I'm not going to be doing this for other people. I'm not going to go into business. Well, extension cord won't reach to other people there. anyway. So right. Yeah, that. that'd be a little embarrassing to have that. Uh, ma'am, I've got to plug this in somewhere. Can I get no. So um, thought I might use it this morning. We got a little bit of snow yeah, here this morning in Kentucky. snow here in central Kentucky. But, and yes, I was gonna, but then I realized there's hardly anything out there. There was very little on the driveway, and it was yeah. kind of wet, slushy stuff. So have still not used it. Not so used it, if yeah. we do not get hardly any snow this winter, you have me to thank. Yes. Because I bought a snowblower snow just so for this no, no purpose. Snow. So I Hey, and tonight we're going to that. the Kentucky basketball game. We are. We don't talk about that very much, but uh, I'm taking my granddaughter, Nevaeh. Teresa and, and I will be going in our look, usual place. And so. we get to ride with you all so we can park in your fancy-schmancy parking place there. Yeah, one of the, the – the, the yeah, that's going to be a real bummer someday when I retire to lose my parking spot yeah. there downtown right next we to Rep inside. We walk the, through it enclosed so. over you – know, we call it a catwalk or what do they call that? Just a skywalk. Sky or walk. Over you never the have road. to go outside. So anyway. So that works out we like, well. We appreciate your parking spot. 
one thing I I think I mentioned this the other day that and we'll maybe just kind of introduce the subject here, talk a little bit more about the next segment. But in her book, yeah, I don't want to read from the book, but you have the the chapter uh, that has to do with the two trees in the Garden of Eden. This is breaking the hex. And, right, breaking, breaking the hex. Yeah, we are. We need to remind people every now and then. We are mediocre-selling authors. So, um, you know, I heard the phrase the other day that sounded pretty good. You know, you hear best-selling authors. Yeah. And I thought, okay, how do you, you know, who, who determines? Like, who's out there saying, like okay, normal the, you know, we're, we're mediocre-selling authors. Yeah. But I also heard the phrase award-winning authors. I thought, well, that sounds pretty impressive. Yeah. But so I thought, well, maybe we can start using that. There's just one problem. We haven't won any awards or anything. Well, you so. know, some companies, you know, some people put up their own organization. I won't tell you who actually did this that's on TV all the time. Developed their own organization, then gave themselves an award so they could say that their yeah. item was award winning. Well, maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe yeah. we can, so we can say yeah, we're yeah. award winning authors or award winning podcast or something like that. I, mean, I don't know if I can stoop to that or not. I don't know. <laughs> But um, anyway, so the two trees. So um, yeah. I think you wrote the bulk of that. Can I give you a re- real quick synopsis of, of what, what you had in mind there? I, I love the fact that in the Garden of Eden, really the very first object lesson, I kind of circulate in children's ministry circles, and they're always about object lessons. Well, God's first and original object lesson were the two trees of significance in the Garden of Eden. Now, we think the Garden of Eden was a pretty big place. If you go over the Tigris and Euphrates rivers and figure all that out, that could be 1,500 square miles, big place. But there's two trees of note in that garden, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, we've always kind of treated the knowledge of good and evil as if it was just the tree of the knowledge of evil. It's just a bad tree. You know, it's like the sin tree, you know. And so Adam and Eve were told they could eat from the tree of life. They were told of all this huge garden, just stay away from one little tree. Just one tree. Just stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so uh, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is really just the idea that you're going to live your life on the base of trying to figure out what's right and wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's a – I tell people in today's vernacular, really, it's the virtues and values tree. Mm-hmm. So wait, let's pick this up on the other side okay. of the break. Sounds good. So anyway, you've got the tree of life, you've got the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or your virtues and values tree. And so it comes down to in your spiritual life, whether your, your church life, your personal life, which tree are you picking from? Do you remember yeah. how we struggled with the grammar when we wrote that chapter? I don't remember that. Because the, you know, the title of it, and we end up, is which tree you, you're, you're picking pick, from. You're picking from. And yeah. this whole thing, you're not supposed to end a sentence with a preposition. Yeah. And I always love the phrase you had, and I can never remember it, so, but you always remember well, it. Winston the Churchill yeah, okay, said, what? About, they, asked, they told Winston Churchill, you should not end a sentence in a preposition. He said, that is nonsense up with which I will not put. And so he was <laughs> illustrating how dumb it is. That, you know, so when we came up with that title, I remember thinking, okay, someone's going to not like the fact that we you know, entitled it with the word from just hanging out there on yeah. the end of that title. And so later on in the chapter, we rephrased it, and I think we said – from which tree art thou picking? Yeah, and we kind of made it extra picking, yes. formal. Okay, so I'm sorry to interrupt you there. Yeah. So, no, that's it. So. I mean, it's just it's just the fact that you know the point has always been from day one in the Bible. Um, sorry, at the Garden of Eden is the life of God, having God's life, and so the Old Testament is really the story of our redemption more than it is a handbook for living. It's really mm-hmm. the story of how God brought Jesus into the world to bring life. Uh, back to people that was lost in the garden. You know, when, when Adam sinned, he, God said, the day you sin, you'll die. Okay. Well, he didn't physically die that day. He lived to be pretty old. But spiritually, he died. And so that's always been the issue, spiritual life or spiritual death. And so, and that is, 
you know, we would have thought of two trees in the garden. It would have seemingly made more sense. Let's say, okay, Adam and Eve, here's yeah. the good tree. There's the bad tree. Right. Or there's the right. And so, or at least the tree of life and the tree of death. I mean, it didn't even say that. Right. I mean, it kind of was the tree of death, yeah. but it wasn't called that. So right. the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. But that is, you know, Jesus said, I came that you might have life. Right. And have it abundantly. A lot of people have said, and we would agree, that Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Right. And that's the overwhelming theme in the New Testament letters is life. I mean, it's amazing how much, you know. Ephesians 2. You know, talking about abundant life. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of God has made us alive, right? Ephesians 2. You were dead in your transgressions and sins, but been made alive with Christ. A lot of stuff in Revelation at the end, particularly about life. I know for me, uh, the real revelation when this whole thing of the reality of Galatians 2.20 and Romans 6.6 hit me like a ton of bricks many years ago and really revolved around that term life. And someone showed me all those verses. I am the life, not just the source of life or I give you life, but I am the life. First John, he who has the son has life. Has life, yeah. So, go ahead. And, so, and even the phrase eternal life means God's life, it's spiritual life. It doesn't just mean, okay, you get to go on for a whole bunch of years after right. you die. We kind of make eternal life, well, we just get a whole bunch more years in and, heaven. Yeah. And it's far more than that. I mean, in a way, it is that too, but it's more than that. But we, what we've done is we've made Christianity, instead of a gospel of life, we've made it an ethic. Christianity mm-hmm. for most people means, well, it's our bundle of things we believe about right and wrong. And there are ethics within it, and there are obviously ideas of right and wrong. I mean, still, we, you know, we're not going to, we're not advocating go out and kill people and steal stuff, you know. But it's way beyond that. And what the problem is, is that we've reduced it and, and we've boiled or we've pounded it down to an ethic. And then kids grow up and they leave that. They, you know, they don't want to have anything to do with God. Well, what they're normally given is a bundle of ethics rather than experience of a life with God. And so that's why – one of the comments is that you – know, that's why it talks in Galatians about the fruit of the spirit. Fruit mm-hmm. is a product of life. Yeah. You know, a tree, an apple tree produces apples because it's alive. It produces – it's just what it does. It's its nature to do that. He doesn't say, okay, now, you know, one of the rules of us apple trees here is got to produce some apples, you know. It was nothing about that. The life flows from the inside out. What, what you started, what something you said a while ago triggered something. You talk about young people and all that. You know, some people would say, "Well, you know, they left God or they left Christ or they turned their back on Christ." And and I think many times they really never reintroduced, yeah. really knew Christ in the first place. Never really heard the true gospel of grace, yeah. and they turned their back on a religious form of it. Right. Um, and some people, I think, too, you know. Do kind of have an experience with God. They understand the gospel, but they, the church has beat them down. I mean, they've been over-obligated. Maybe there's been some things that have gone down within their churches that have not been good. A lot of churches are experiencing that right now. And so they just can't handle going to church anymore. Mm-hmm. And so people have told us paramount to walking away from God. Yeah, we and kind of not. equated those two. They've equated the but... two. And they really haven't. They still do have a faith in God. And they still do, you know, love God many times and, and, and trust Jesus. But they feel like and been told, well, you know, you're sleeping in on Sunday morning, so therefore that means you've walked away from God. And I don't believe that's those two of the same. Yeah, I wonder too, kind of the same thing applies to unbelievers. You know, I've got to believe there's a lot of unbelievers out there that hear something, that know there's probably something to this whole thing of Jesus and all this, but because they too in their minds equate 
okay, if I'm going to believe in Jesus, then I need to jump headlong into one of these institutions, right. and, they, and they're not interested in that. Yeah. And so uh, not that those are wrong or anything, but that they're two separate things, that yeah. you know, the one's a person, one's an institution. Right. And so, you know, I like, if I have, you know, as I have opportunity to talk to people that aren't in that spot right now, I'd like to, you know, I want to share with them about a person. You know, right. don't worry about now about right. the institution or yeah. what you do on Sunday mornings yeah. or not. Well, we can talk about that later. And it's not a um, bait and switch either. It's not like, okay, yeah, we're going to throw that obligation in Which later. Which happens a lot. We there, was a chapter about that in the book, too. Bait, we yeah, do that bait to and switch. We start off with good news, and then, okay, now let's pile on the obligations. But if that's uh, – and I'll, what you said earlier, too, that if it's just ethics, that also just brings it in the category of pretty much every other world religion. Right, right. Uh, not much different. That reminded me of a story I heard Wayne Jacobson tell years ago, the first time he went to Jerusalem. He's been there, I think, three times. The first time was like 20-some years ago to a guy named Abraham who was a Jew. And I got to meet – when I went on that trip, we went on that trip about uh, two – Years ago, I had the same tour guide. He wore a Kentucky shirt one day. I think I told you that at the a time. A godly man for yeah, sure. Then, a, Jewish, yeah. <laughs> a Jewish tour guide leader in Jerusalem. And he had no idea that we were – and we were – Teresa and I were the only two from Kentucky in our group. We were, yeah. were being brought into a room at a hotel in Jerusalem, kind of a meeting type of room, yeah, so. to meet our tour guide for the last three or four days there. And I walk in, and he is wearing a shirt that has – the word Kentucky plastered across the front. Because it's kind of an so, emotional moment for you. There. So all that was the high point of our, uh, yeah, high point of our, and someone had given it to him. I asked him, where'd you get that? Well, he had someone, so someone had gone before us and, yeah. and given him this shirt. No way. But anyway, I'm, I'm getting off topic here. Wayne Jacobson tells the story the first time he was there and, and Abraham was giving them the tour and they were kind of in a down moment where I guess you know, the group and the tour were looking at whatever things and they were in a point in Jerusalem where you could see he had quite a view, quite a panoramic panoramic view and abraham says so abraham's a jew he says to wayne and kind of points out over the city points to and i don't know the exact order of these it really doesn't matter he said he pointed to a to a mosque a, a muslim mosque mm-hmm. uh, and he says to wayne you see that building and you can tell i guess probably the dome with the rock probably what he was pointing to he said that's their building and then he pointed to another area that was obviously a jewish synagogue, synagogue. of some sort and he said, that's our building. And then he pointed to another one in a different direction. It had a cross on the top of it. He said, that's your building. So we got theirs, yeah. mine, and yours. And then he said to Wayne, he said, you know, take off the things at the top and underneath, aren't they pretty much all the same? Yeah. And he's only partly wrong yeah. on that, right. Right. you know. Too many times there is no not much difference, right. you know, underneath, right. and so that's part of our message is that. But this whole thing of knowledge of good and evil and and life, a little bit more I want to say on that. So why don't, why don't we say that on the other side as well? Because there's something that that's become more practical to me in recent days that I want to I want to share. Roger, what I want to what wanted to talk about a little bit, continuing on this idea of the tree of life versus the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I mean, I think it's a common blind spot for us. It's just so natural to think, well, life is all about just figuring out what's right, what's wrong, and I'm, and I'm going to do what's right. I remember that song. Remember that song in the 70s? They got real popular radio, Do Right, You've Got to Do Right, and He'll Be Your Guiding Light. Do you remember that at all? <laughs> 
Uh, I don't remember that. I'm you sorry. <laughs> I mean, it was a popular secular song. It I was playing basketball it outside the, the driveway. No, that song was popular. It said nothing about Jesus, but it was like a lot, a lot of Christians kind of really were glad for that song because uh-huh. it talked about, and that was the, it was called Do Right, and, uh-huh. and, and He'll Be Your Guiding Light. You know, that's about as specific about God as the song ever got. Um, but, you know, that is kind of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That, okay, I've got to start out today. I've got to. I've got to figure out what's right, what's wrong, and I'm just going to do right. And so that is basically living after the flesh. That is not walking by faith, not walking in the spirit, but rather than living by a person within us. And that's the whole thing of Romans 7, not by the written code, but by the spirit. So the idea of it's been an encouragement to me in recent days, and it almost sounds strange. This is almost going to sound heretical, but you don't even, you know, we don't even think, First, anyway, what's right and what's wrong? We think of what is who is Christ in me and what is he doing in me at right. this point? Right. What does he want to say through me at this point? What does he want to do through me at this point? Right. Knowing that he will always do what's right. But if we start with from that vantage point, am I making sense here? Is well, that- yeah, for me it's like this. See if this makes sense. That It's something that comes within you. For instance, if I'm upset with my neighbor – I think, well, you know, I think I'm going to go over and shoot my neighbor. Well, I can't because that number well, six. Well, you've never been upset can, with know, a neighbor, you know, have you? No, never. And so I can't, was it, was it do not kill? Is that number six? What number is that? You know, no, no, I can't do that because number six. Well, no, it's just, it's just, it's life within you that gives you, you know, direction, guidance, the Holy Spirit within you uh, based on the gospel just directs you. And there's a lot of times if you have to figure out exactly what's right and wrong, sometimes it's hard to do that. Yeah, and, and there's some things there's that some situations it's not that easy to do. There, I read one place. It's almost like the Bible intentionally, like God through the Bible, almost intentionally wants to confuse us because sometimes things that that used to be wrong yeah. are no longer wrong, or some, or I mean, the Ten Commandments is the example. They're good, obviously, and the law is good, but yet if we try to keep it, then it it becomes death to us. And so there's a lot of contradiction, but the idea of, I think going into, and this is what I would want to encourage folks and what's been helpful to me. Just you go into each day, not under the pressure of, I've got to do right versus wrong. I've got to figure this out make sure I do right. You just go in each day thinking, okay, I have a person living inside of me. Right. He is my life. We're back to that subject right. that he, Christ is my life. He's not just, one of the things in my life. If he's one of the things in my life, then that, then I'm basically saying I still have a life. But I realize, okay, I am crucified with Christ. The old self has been crucified. That's not something to aspire to. It's not something to try to achieve. It's it's a it's a truth. It's a reality. It's good news. That's already happened. Uh, so I realize I'm crucified with Christ. Christ lives in me. What does he want to do in me today? And he will always act in love. And so if he is living through me, you don't need the command not to kill yeah. uh, with that. I used to, I used to try to think, I mean, this goes a while back, but I used to try to think, you know, what I need to do is take the Bible. I mean, as a pastor, I need to really categorize and catalog all the stuff that you should do and shouldn't do based on what I know from the Bible and just make mm-hmm. it easy for people. And after a while, you're thinking, well, why didn't God do this? You know, <laughs> if this is the way, I mean, why didn't he have a book of, okay, let's just summarize a book of yeah. summary here. Okay, just do this, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, it just the, the Bible doesn't work that way. So the idea of living according, and it, I heard someone else say a while back the idea of, you know, the the law says do not commit adultery, but the law never says love your wife. Right. Well, there's a big difference. You know, there's a there's a lot of people that have technically never committed adultery, 
but they don't really right. show much love to their wife right. either. And so when we li- when we live by the life within us, Christ within us, then we will love yeah. those closest Well, it's to like us. what Paul talks about. He talks about um, sexual immorality in 1 Corinthians. You know, he doesn't say, okay, let's turn our Old Testaments to the Ten Commandments. Let's look at that number six. He appealed to the new covenant reality of your, the Holy Spirit is living right. within you. And the Holy Spirit doesn't want you, you know, to be joined with. Uh, he, in that situation, he's at a prostitute, but he doesn't. He doesn't do it based on a rule. He does it based on a reality of who you are in Christ. And Romans six is the same, same way. Thing. He said the same thing, right? You know, why should we say then? Should we continue in sin? He did. Oh no, 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 no! Yeah. Don't you remember command yeah. such and such yeah. and all this? Yeah. Said do not do this. Right. No, right. he, he reversed to this is who you are. The reality. Yeah. I mean, it's, of the it's new really covenant. amazing. The only time that. Paul ever really refers to the Ten Commandments is when he says you're to honor your mother and your father. He goes, that's a command with a promise. He mm-hmm. brings out the fact there's a promise with that. So he, so while you know, Christianity obviously is built on the foundation of, of Judaism, he still doesn't pull in the law for behavioral reasons. In other words, do it this way because this is what the law says. This is what the Ten Commandments says. It was always a reality of life within you. Another thing from Romans 6 that I've been reminded of lately that, that fits right in with us because it's part of that same chapter. It says, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. The idea that, and we've talked about Romans 7, it's no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. But when we realize who we are in Christ, sin is, uh, you know, we, we sin is destructive in our lives. Um, that's not a reflection of who we are in Christ. And so he says, don't, don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies. It's a, it's a foreign agent. Yeah. And so it's not who we really are. When sin, so you know, going to okay. I want to be, I want my my mind, my hands, my feet, my my words to be used by who I am. Yeah. Or someone said, learn who you are in Christ, and then be yourself. Right, and that's that that sums up pretty well. Learn who you are in Christ, and then you can be yourself. You know, I had a um, conversation, I had a caller, um, Scott, who called this mm-hmm. week. He had a great question. He said, what, "What do you do with the disciplines?" You know, we've said in Christianity, there's disciplines of prayer and reading the Bible, fasting, but disciplines. And I said, you know, I'm not, of course, I'm not anti-discipline, but yet I, I don't like calling certain things disciplines. I don't like calling prayer a discipline. I don't think the Bible ever does that. Prayer is the privilege or, or the, the opportunity to talk to God. And anyway, he said, well, maybe there, these are more privileges than they are disciplines. I said, well, I would agree with that. You know, that's the way I like to look at it. When I read the Bible, it's not because I'm obligated to read so many verses or chapters a day or I've got to cover distance. You know, I'm not a marathon runner. I've got to cover so much scripture this year. But there's times when I don't read very much, and there's times when I might read a lot out of the Bible, you know. And but it's life, and it's good stuff. Well, what do you think of this comparison with that? Along that idea of it's not like in our physical bodies, is breathing a discipline? Is eating a discipline? Is drinking liquids a discipline? Okay, you've got to, Roger, you've got to breathe today. You've got to eat today. Well, no, if you're alive. You're going to naturally you breathe. Well, You're going to naturally want to eat. You're going to naturally need to drink. Right. You're going to naturally have rest. As, and long, so, as long as you don't bring up Mama's pancake breakfast from <laughs> Cracker Barrel, we can have this discussion. I'm guessing those are that's, uh, that mix is probably still sitting in the box. I'm guessing. Well, it, it is, but it will be used. But but I guess so. I guess you know now the discussion could be on the other side, eating too much. You know, but yeah, I, I get your point though. So that it's it's, it's natural it's, to want to eat. Natural right, they're they're the natural response of who yeah. we are. Not yeah. it's it's the fruit. It's not the root. I guess right. my, one way we would say it with that. And so if we're doing them out of guilt or out of a sense that it's going to somehow draw us closer to God, and we don't do those to get closer to God. We do those because we are. Close to God, Jesus never did them to get closer to God, closer to the Father. Well, see, the thing of it is too, it's a control issue in that you know you you 
Let's just say you share your faith with somebody. You bring them to the Lord and they, they trust Jesus for the salvation. Then our, our tendency is, well, they, we, you got to now do things a certain way. You know, We need you to be involved in certain activities. We need you to go to a certain kind of church. We need you to do things. So we try to control people. We don't, what we don't do is let them trust God living in them, being in Christ, the Holy Spirit directing them and guiding them to do what they need to do in their situation. We don't have faith that God will do that. Um, I love the scripture in Philippians 1 where it says God will complete the good work that he started with you. And his, Paul says it's right for me to believe this of you all. And But we don't want to do that. And then, and rarely do we just say, okay, listen, you're, you know, you're in Christ now. Um, just relax. Listen to him. He'll show you, you know, how to navigate through this. I think that's a key turning point for someone when they come to that point where they trust Christ for their own spiritual growth. Yeah. Rather than sense the burden of it's all up to me and how yeah. I do these things yeah. to grow, I and but I love what you said too. It's not just for yourself; it's for other people too. Yeah. To trust Christ in them, and then you just direct people to Christ. But we want to we want to make people into what we want them to be, and we don't like to trust God to do that. So we want to tell them, okay, you got to go through this discipleship manual. You got to go through these principles. Mm-hmm. You've got to. You know, we want to give them the things to do. Um, and that really, you know, strips a lot of the, the vitality uh, away from your walk with the Lord. Let me take what's very simple and yeah. what is organic, to use an overword, overused word probably, but what is simple and what is life-giving of the Spirit. It's the whole Galatians 3. Start in the Spirit, but try to finish it in the flesh. Roger went to a movie the other night. We, we don't, Teresa and I don't go to a lot of movies, but we decided we'd go to a movie the other night, came down to... One of three choices, three very different movies. I'm guessing you may not have seen this. We saw Mary Poppins Returns. You know, have you, I have, have you not seen, seen it, but I'll tell you what. Ever since I saw the movie Saving Mr. Banks, which is about the making of Mary right. Poppins, I, you know, it, that, that really changed the whole movie Mary Poppins. Well, this me. is not a remake of the original Mary Poppins. Oh, it's not. This is like a sequel. It's called Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, okay. You know, so All that right. means she comes back. Now, this is the second time I've watched a one. This one was a sequel. In another situation, it was a prequel. You know what a prequel is yes, when they I come do. over there. Yes, I what a prequel is. Well, this situation, I never saw the original. I've still, to this day, have not seen the original Mary Poppins. I've, but I've now seen the return of Mary Poppins. Yeah. So you're at a little bit of a disadvantage when you haven't seen the yeah, original. I, but I would, but yeah. there was enough of it that was familiar. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, and Teresa was able to help me fill in the gaps on, on some of this stuff. The other one that I never saw. I saw the uh, the Broadway play Wicked when I had never seen The Wizard of Oz. And so that's a little bit of a disadvantage. But, again, you, you kind of recognize something. Did you have a childhood at there. all, Jeff? I mean, you didn't see Mary Poppins. We, um, you didn't see The Wizard of Oz. I mean, Yeah, I finally did see The Wizard of Oz just a couple of years ago. But okay. that was after I saw the, the Broadway play Wicked. Okay. Um, but on the Mary Poppins, what, what struck me with Mary Poppins, and I don't, I don't want to spoil it for you or for others that, that haven't seen it yet, but – you know, she kind of makes a surprising entrance. Yeah. You know, early in the movie, there's a there's a problem. You know, there's a family in distress. There's an, a problem. That's that what seems, she does, right? That's her thing. Go in and kind of fix well, families. Well, um, you know, I, yeah. I haven't seen the first one, so yeah, I haven't right. seen you this one. Know. I wouldn't but okay, you. but uh, yeah, okay, well, think, think you know, play along with me here. So, you have someone makes a surprise entrance into their lives. There's a problem that that seems insurmountable, and they're all in trouble, and they're in distress, and it gets down to the very end, and it seems like all hope is lost. And then right at the end, largely due to her, 
uh, involvement. The problem is seemingly kind of supernaturally solved, and everyone is happy and rejoicing. And then at the end of the movie, she flies up into the sky holding her umbrella and disappears into the clouds. And I'm thinking, I've seen this plot before. (laughs) This sounds awfully familiar. I'm thinking... She just ascended. This is an ascension that she yeah. just experienced yeah. there. Of course, there's other, you know, it's a musical, and I do not get into musicals. I'm guessing you may not either. Well, you know, normally not. They could have told the entire story in about 20 or 30 minutes of yeah. drama, but yeah. in between time, every now and then we had to stop to watch this singing, dancing numbers, and some of them, you get fantasy involved in this stuff that is, just doesn't make a bit of sense. And I'm sure a lot of those things, well, all of them took a lot of practice, a lot of talent went into that, but I... I just found myself just bored silly during those numbers, waiting for the get back to the plot of that. But what it, you call a left brain, Jeff? That's a, that's a left brain approach. Maybe you know? so. <laughs> just give me the facts, okay. give me the information. Let me move on with my life here. I don't need to have the song. I don't need to experience that. But but, but what occurred to me this this whole thing that it's you know it's kind of an example. People said the same thing about the movie ET and, and other movies. But there is it's a, it's interesting to me how many movies have a very similar plot. Oh where yeah. Where there's some. Impossible situation, uh, and there's always a, a bad guy. You know, this one had an evil. I mean, he was uh, the bad guy, the crooked banker in this situation, um, was kind of the the enemy here. And you know, he so gets, is he in the financial services he industry? Gets, this well, banker? well uh, he, I don't know. I'm just, I had, the, I'm just it, wondering. If, no, 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 no. He's a banker. He's. Okay. We're, we're, I'm not a. Well, okay. let's not get into that. But anyway. But, you know, he was thwarted at the end. Dick Van Dyke does, and this is known, this is no secret, Dick Van Dyke makes a cameo at the end. So oh, that was pretty it. cool since he was in the original, and he's yeah. like 180 years old yeah, now or something yeah, like that. I did hear someone say that, I think he's 91, he was quoted as saying that the, all the makeup artists, um, they had to make me a 91-year-old man look like a 91-year-old man for yeah. the movie. Because in the movie, he's, he's a very old yeah, man yeah. as well. <laughs> but uh, So that, that was kind of fun to see him. But, you know, the idea that Hollywood creates these movies that are, in essence, a very loose description in the plot of the gospel. Yes. You know, there's some, there's some bad predicament. There's some destruction getting ready to happen. There's discouragement. And then there's, there's kind of a Messiah figure of some sort, in this case it's Mary Poppins. And it kind of miraculously, surprisingly figures things out and solves things. It's good versus evil. And I just thought, you know, it's like the... the and so at the movie theater, you know, I find myself yeah. at the end of the movie wanting to get everybody's attention and saying, okay, wait a minute, let me tell you the real story here. Yeah, what yeah. they're really, you know, because huh. there's something in the heart of every person, I think, that, that recognizes well, that. Well, everybody, so. I think, wants a savior. Yeah. They want somebody to come in and fix it all. And really, that's what Jesus did. And so, but it's just interesting to me how. It just shows that there is within the heart of each person something that recognizes that and longs for that. And so, you know, we have the good news. Right. We have the actual story um, So now I might that, have to go so. see this Mary Poppins movie. Okay. Right. I'll tell you, Saving Mr. Banks. If you, if you, I did see that. That was like, I thought it was I would, That's one of the few movies that as soon as I got through seeing that, I told Teresa, you know, I would not mind seeing that again. We yeah. never had. I need yeah. to bring that up sometime. Yeah. That's actually, I, that's the main thing of what I knew about the original Mary Poppins came yeah. from watching that movie. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, that was uh, yeah. that was uh, really getting off topic here, but of course Tom Hanks, yeah. he was one in that. I saw a clip the other day. Yeah. I saw a clip the other day, five or six minute clip that Tom Hanks was in a an episode of Happy Days one time, 
and you got a young Tom Hanks. Well, now we're really going down the bunny trail here. Okay, no, I didn't know. There's that. an episode. There's a. I haven't find, found it on my own. I forgot now who. Uh, oh, I remember now. Someone shared it on Facebook. But it was like a five minute clip where a young Tom Hanks is an antagonist of the Fonz in Happy Days. Yeah. That was kind of interesting. So uh, people Robert can Williams look at, is in Happy Days. Looking at the other. But, yeah, it is interesting, some of these things. Andy Griffith sometimes will have these people yeah. that later on became famous. They have these little yeah. episodes yeah. there. Yeah. One of the things back from this, this is kind of off topic, too, but um, spelling, uh, spelling bees. I heard someone talking about spelling bees the other day. Have you, were you ever in it? Do you re, do you remember being in a spelling – why are you looking at me like this? I mean, are we scraping the bottom here? Or what? We're, talking, we're not talking about spelling bees? Is it obvious that we're out of other oh materials? Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to apologize for this next topic that Jeff's bringing up here, spelling bees. Okay, no, I don't think – I mean, I was in like a class spelling bee, but not any Do you remember bee. the words you went out on? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, no. Someone else was talking about it. I heard another group talking about it in another talk show. And every one of them, the two or three that were in it, could remember being in a spelling bee as a child and remembered what word they went out on. Really? And huh. I thought, you know, I remember – and I, I remember – I went out on the word envelope. You see, you remember that, huh? Yes. Wow, I don't. But I mean, it's you know, when know. you're at probably fifth grade, sixth grade, but you know, you're you're on a platform, you're in front so of envelope, a bunch of other spelled with an O. What did you I mean? don't remember how I spelled it, but it, I did not spell it right. I didn't realize there's so many E's in the word envelope; it just didn't sound right. But the other experience I had from the other, I was one time after we lived in Stanton, I was a reader at a spelling bee. Have you ever? You've probably never done that, have you? No. They asked me. Yeah, this is not like the, the same level as being whole captain at the Barbers' uh, Hall Championship. No, no, it's, it's not okay. that. It's not All that right. high of an honor. All but, right. okay. but yeah, you know, I was a preacher, so I guess well, you know, we'll have him read. You know what I learned when you're a reader at a spelling bee, you realize how badly we butcher the English language. Yeah. Now picture this. You're, so you're the reader. You got these kids out there. Their success or failure depends partly on how well you do. <laughs> and then you, okay, the word that's put in front of you that you're supposed to pronounce is B-U-T-T-E-R. Of course, they're going to spell it, but the word put in front of you is B-U-T-T-E-R. So how do you pronounce that as a reader on a spelling bee? Butter. Okay, is that what you're going to say, butter? B-U-T-T-E-R. That's how you say butter. Butter. The butter or butter? Butter. So Okay, I see. So see what you're saying we, there. We make the, we yeah. a lot of. We say or letters yeah. the same way. Yeah. And if we say letter or butter, we end up sounding like some highfalutin English yeah. person or whatever. But anyway. Okay. So. Well. Okay. What's the red stuff you put on your hamburger? Yeah. Well, yeah, we really messed that one up. Yeah. Uh, Catsup. Yeah, not ketchup. Ketchup, or sometimes it's actually spelled like we say it. Sometimes yeah, it's spelled yeah. different ways. But anyway, I thought that was interesting how we put children really in situations like that. That uh, we we remember that though. But the idea, um, yeah, when you go back to Mary, Mary Poppins and get on topic, you know we've gone, you know we've gone way off topic we when Mary Poppins is on topic. Way off the rails today. So. <laughs> but the idea of the gospel, you know, kind of tie all this up together a little bit. So you know, where the heart longs for the the good news of the gospel, it's not. So much evil versus good, it's life and death situation. That he came that we might have, have life, have it abundantly. And so, I mean, that's the good news, that we can go into each day freed from trying to figure out specifically what's good and evil. Again, it's not that there's not good and evil. You know, there's other verses, you know, cling to that which is good, hate what is evil. So we're not saying, uh, you know, we're not saying give into the flesh, we're not saying license, that type of thing. But that's, that's not the primary focus. The primary focus is in Christ in our life and letting him live his life through us to produce the fruit of the Spirit as we rest in him. Well, I agree, and uh, we're out of here.
Hey, Roger here. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have a comment or question, I mean, you can get a hold of us through either Roger at thefieldsbrothers.com or Jeff at thefieldsbrothers.com. We have a website. Fieldsbrothers, thefieldsbrothers.com. Right. Feel free to let us know. We just appreciate you listening. And we have a Facebook page. We should tell them that, too. They can check that out. The Fields Brothers Show is the Facebook page. Occasionally there's some discussion there about uh, what happens on the show. So, and there's a book. We have a book. Breaking the Hex. Breaking the Hex. Signed on Amazon. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Thanks for listening.